Antichrists. I mean, these are kook, cult, demons, hardcore evil. I mean, these people are flaming scum, wild, crazy, dangerous people, just like the Nazis, the Soviets, all of them. Pol Pot killing 31% of Cambodia, murdering anybody that could read or write or wear glasses. You're like, why do you do that? Because he's a fucking Fuck it. We'll do it live. All right. We are, in fact, not doing it live. Um, maybe one day. Uh, I am once again back with uh, my co hosts and the guests. Um, my co hosts being uh, Dark Tom Woods and uh, Weather Girl, Hello. I think, still. You do yeah. go by Weather Girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And uh, Drew, aka the Clean Libertarian. Hey. Um, what up, man? How are you doing? I'm I'm great, man. Thanks a lot for bringing me back on. Yeah, man. It's uh, free for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, until I make fucking money out of bringing people on this podcast, it will be free. Um, <laughs> fucking send me money, though, if you like this podcast. Uh, or me. So, yeah. Or yeah. really just any of us. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> once y'all figure that out you let me know man because uh yeah it'd be nice to get a little bit of a profit i mean fuck this shit ain't, this shit you, ain't cheap man and if you actually don't like this podcast still send me money yeah right. absolutely <laughs> yeah um all right so uh you uh you go by the clean libertarian and that's uh pretty much the reason i have you on today um because uh he's a janitor <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, I, you see my house was kind of smelly so i was like you know what i gotta bring drew on uh to ask him for advice yeah so, yeah how, how do we do a smelly house well a uh, lot lot of lot of bleach a lot of ammonia you know yeah. type products uh i don't know what kind of products you had there uh in your neck of the woods but fabuloso is is pretty good around here pine saw you know, Febreze can't go wrong. I've been looking for the the yellow Fabuloso. Is that a thing? I think uh, so. Really? They showed it to me. Yeah, or maybe it's called It's Awesome. Have you seen that one? I have not. I have okay. not. Is the one you use purple? Yes. What do you use it for? Uh, just you know your your typical like mopping like the floor and stuff mm -hmm. if you got got a little leftover in the bucket and it's not too nasty you can do some countertops or whatever you know got it. be creative you know the world is your oyster <laughs> <laughs> my uh my handyman in new hampshire uh he he told me to he calls it the purple stuff because i don't think he likes saying like ethnic sounding thing <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great Wait, what yeah. do you mean grape juice huh what do you mean is it grape juice no it's a no. cleaning solution oh but he calls it the purple stuff yeah okay okay <laughs> oh shit yeah that reminds me that y'all see that there's a, a new yellow monster uh out uh, it's apparently pineapple flavored. Mm. Yeah, possible talking oh. about that. <laughs> a drink, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Not, like not an actual monster. <laughs> it's. Um... <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I will be the one in control of those. Um, <laughs> well, uh, considering that uh, monster energy is uh, pretty much heroin in a can that you can drink, uh, that should bring us roughly to our topic of um, addiction. Um, I feel like I should introduce it by saying that I've been uh, taking a month off of the booth in uh, February, uh, just kind of as an exercise uh, to see if I don't get any cold sweats and such, um, which, uh, well, it sucks. So that kind of brought my mind to the topic of uh, addiction. Uh, and, uh, well, the Clean Libertarian over here has... Uh, somewhat of a, an experience with uh, being an addict uh, so maybe kind of introduce us on what your uh, particular poison was and how did you get addicted and how did you get clean again uh, it's kind of a long story I'll try to compound it as much as I yeah, can it's about a whole podcast worth so just yeah, like, yeah. dense it down to five minutes and uh, then we'll yeah. wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> you got it uh, no, man, like I, I think where it really kind of jumped on me was from the gate, like moderation just never has been a thing that I'm, I'm, I'm capable of, you know, if it triggers the pleasure receptor in my brain, like there's just something in me that, that tells me I need more of it. So where it really kind of got crazy was when I was a kid they had the Johnny B good meds, you know, that was being really popular out here in the States, like the, uh, your Ritalin, your Adderall, your Vyvanse and shit like that. And they, they put me on this one called Dexedrine. Did y'all ever hear about that? Uh, I've heard the name before. Mm. All right. It's a, it's a very potent amphetamine salt. And I, mm. I think they still prescribe it. I'm not sure, but I mean, it was holy shit like that. I took this pill and it was like, um, See, I, I, Were you I, um, diagnosed or you just took it recreationally? Uh, diagnosed. ADD. AD, never got – it was just ADD. Mm-hmm. Back then, ADHD wasn't really even considered back then as much as it is today. Wow. So, um, But I, I remember taking this pill and thinking in my mind, holy shit, you know, like this is, this is what I've been missing. You know, like this is how – this is how I can – actually function as a normal human being. So I, I got this idea in my mind and still that I can take an external substance to fix an internal problem. Right. And that just pretty much wraps up all my teen years and, and many of my adult years, um, just wanting to chasing a party, you know, and, um, it just, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it, it started out once I moved out of my parents' house, like I lived in this studio apartment with like 16 other people. It was like your quintessential punk house, like just a bunch of just rough around the edges, kids going out during the day, getting dope, getting money, whatever. And then coming home at night and and partying. And I remember those days being really fun. And then just a whole lot of just blurry shit, you know? And then all of a sudden it's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, like, like this, this thing that I used to use to party is now this thing that I'm using to, you know, bring about my own, you know, demise. And, um, 
I think that's kind of the nature of addiction, like in a nutshell is like, I, I do the recovery thing, you know, and there's a lot of different ways into recovery. Um, but for me, it's about, um, wanting to, how do I say this, man? I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up in a good way for you guys. But for, <laughs> for me, it's like, I, I have to figure out exactly where, where I want to be, but I didn't know how to get there. So like for an addict like me telling me to just quit using drugs was a lot like telling a homeless person, just go buy a house. Like there's a, there's a lot of shit that goes into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, probably using drugs at the time. Yeah. hundred percent. A lot of them, you know, uh, I lost my train of thought because my dogs are barking. I'm sorry, guys. Well, I'm a uh, shitty guest. Maybe you no. should take some Adderall. Yeah, maybe, maybe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, I think like a lot of people, especially if they've dealt with addiction, but don't find themselves to be necessarily addicts themselves. Even though I think everybody has a little bit of it in them, it's frustrating for them to see someone doing something that's clearly ruining their lives and they're like why don't you just stop and um it's so much more complicated than that yeah it really is and and here's the thing and i don't have this mentality anymore but for a long time i used to have the idea like when when i would catch criticism when i would would catch the ugly eyes because i mean shit i was walking around looking like smeagol from lord of the rings you know like Mm -hmm. i mean dude i was run down and I had this mentality that, well, this is just another way to lose the game because at the end, we're all going to lose anyway. We're all going to die. You know, let me choose my way that I'm going to, you know, find that exit. And, you know, my outlook on life is a lot more different than that. But once upon a time, like, I mean, there was no fucking hope, man. Like, yeah, it, it just is what it is. You know, um, nothing glamorous to hanging out in the shooting galleries, you know, sticking needles in your arm. You know, I, I'm a parent, you know, I have a, I have a daughter and, you know, I'd lost custody and all of that. And yeah, there, there's really no way to justify, <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking when you were saying about, uh, it's just a, a different means to an end. It kind of sounds like a justification. Yeah. Cause there's so much life to live, you know, until then. Right. So I think, think once, once you've just kind of been pigeonholed in that spot for so long, it's just, you, you get these like really fucked up ideas of morals and values mm-hmm. that, you know, you kind of run with whatever kind of halfway makes sense to you at the time. And, and for me, that was it. Now, you know, sitting where I'm at today, I mean, I, I went from being like literally a homeless guy living behind a Walmart in a tent to I'm sitting in a house that I bought. You know, I, I'm gainfully employed. I got my daughter back. You know, I'm married today. Like, there's a lot of good shit going on. So, obviously, like, my mentality that I have today is a lot different than it was back then. But really, the only mitigating factor in between the two was that I was shown a way out of addiction. That's by somebody. That's by somebody. Yeah. I, um, it, it was Jesus. Huh? It was Jesus. Yeah. He was the uh, manager of a halfway house. Oh. That I was at. <laughs> really, really cool dude. Really cool dude. I just can't recommend him enough. Uh, no, the um, the 
I got so bad that even my dealers were like, dude, you need to go to detox. Yeah. That's that's kind of like that indication that oh shit maybe I maybe I ought to do that. Seen it all. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I went to these detoxes, they would have these twelve step groups come in, and they they do what's called a H and I meeting, which stands for hospitals and institutions. And what that means is they just come in and they they share their story, you know, who they were and and where they came from, and um, it's like. I would hear parts of my own story and what these people would share. And then they would talk about like, you know, having a decent life. I I'll never forget. There's a guy that came in and he was talking about these vacations he would take with his family nowadays where he's going scuba diving and all this. He just made it seem so amazing. And I'm like, this dude used to be me, but he's living this life that I never thought I could live. Like, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it took a lot of those instances. Like, dude, I went to detox. I've been to 20 inpatient facilities. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I am, I am the very poster child for, you know, smashing your head against a brick wall, mm-hmm. trying to make it get <laughs> like, dude, did I would I, try. Go ahead. Did any of them actually learn you how to scuba dive? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I haven't learned how to scuba dive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's not something I have done personally. I have gone snorkeling, mm-hmm. so there's there's something I'm I'm halfway there. I think yeah. scuba diving requires you to like be like way deep down in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that it's scares the, the shit out of me. Gear yeah. that makes it scuba diving. Not all is that what it is? is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, scuba diving is um, uh, a tank and it's, a, it's an acronym for. Uh, I'm going to Google this Super-sized cocks <laughs> under butts ass. <laughs> I don't know. I used to remember it. I know you got to... I don't know. All oh, right, here it is. Uh, scuba, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Uh, it's uh, short for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Okay, so uh, it's the tank. It's the tank yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That here's the thing, like that scares the shit out of me. So I don't think I'll ever you do think? that. Yeah, being down there and like yeah, me too. The pressure, yeah. like because mm. if you come up too quick, you'll yeah. fuck yourself off, and you know you can die if you don't come up slow enough. Right. Mm. And knowing me, I'll panic and just like shoot straight to the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, all that to say is that these people will come in and start talking about how they found their way out. And so I would, I would, you know, kind of talk to people and really I would just watch them because I came being in the dope game. Like you learn real quick that you can't trust anybody at their word. Mm -hmm. And I maintained that well into, you know, my beginning stages of recovery. So instead of like listening to people, I'd watch them. And like, I would watch how they treated the waitress when we went out to eat after a meeting, I would watch how they treated their kids and stuff or, or their, Mm -hmm. their wives and, or husbands and all of that. And it's like, that's how I learned the very basics of, you know, recovery and finding freedom from addiction is watching these other people, how they did it, you know, um, gonna just kind of throw a jab at the government here and say i I guarantee you that's not what i learned from jail 
or anything mm-hmm. that was court mandated, you know, um, oh, yeah. mm. that's the government solution is, is the idea that, you know, if, if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Right. And yeah. so they don't have any solution besides force and you cannot force recovery. You know, that I has know, to man. be. I, uh, I, uh, I think Nancy Rick approach of uh, just say no is pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> Should just said no, dude. Yeah, yeah, no shit, man. Do they have um, like when if you go to jail or a state mandated recovery, do they have like any good counseling at all? There's some of it that that is decent. Um, what I have found is uh, what I found that is overwhelming inside of that system is that a lot of these people who are coming in to do counseling or whatever, they haven't actually had any experience firsthand themselves beyond seeing a family member or a loved one, you know, drift into addiction. Mm -hmm. And, and for an addict, the one thing that stands out from everything else is talking to someone who has actually personally been there and found their way out. Like, I don't know what it is, about that, that is so, uh, that why that is a catalyst for, for understanding and, and openness, but that seems to be the prevailing, mm-hmm. you know, factor. And so it's kind of hit or miss because whenever you're court mandated, you don't get to choose who you go see. Like you're told like, Hey, be at this location and, you know, bring this much money with you because you're paying for this shit. And, you know, that's yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's hit or miss and, and I ultimately, miss, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, if the person isn't ready, they're not going to learn. Right. So that's the other problem with it. Like recovery doesn't actually happen until the person who was, re- you know, is ready to change. So you can force somebody to go to 12 step meetings. You can force them to go to counseling all day long, but if they're not ready to take it, they're just going to skirt the line for as long as they possibly can. And when it's all said and done, they're going to go right back to doing what they were doing. Yeah. The, uh, the rate of, um, you know, relapse is high. And I, I mean, like, I know everyone has like a bump along the road, but the ones that go back to it, even after doing recovery, it's pretty high. Yeah. They, I, I don't, you're, you said you're from New Hampshire. I'm from Massachusetts. Originally. Massachusetts. Yeah. Do y'all have drug court out there? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So like how drug court set up out here, I'm in Oklahoma. Drug court is pretty much like just really, really intensive probation where you got to go take a drug test, you know, every single week on, on random days, uh, a lot of different classes you got to take, blah, blah, blah. I had a friend who went through drug court and it's about a year long process. And he was like the star of the drug court program. Like all the officials loved them, made him a counselor to other new people coming into the program. Like he was looking really good within a month. After he had graduated, he got popped with like 20 pounds of meth and a couple wow. of guns and uh, he died in prison. Oh <laughs> you know, I mean, I think well, that's that... right for being a fucking teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but 
I think it's it's pretty obvious to me that you know you cannot mandate recovery. It, it just it doesn't work. You know, mm-hmm. granted, I mean, blanket statements like that, you're always going to have a one off somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're going to have somebody who you know defies that. But overall, I mean, I'm I'm on the ground floor, man. I I see what happens. People come in, have to get their paper signed, you know, signature at each meeting. And as soon as they don't have to anymore, they're gone and I'll see them in the paper or I'll hear about them, you know, and it's, it's fucking sad and it sucks, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm like I said, from Massachusetts and there was a huge, huge problem. I mean, I've lost a few friends already uh, cause the, the pills came around in like the early two thousands and then they, a lot of them just went on to do heroin. Yeah. I know heroin out there is, is different than it is here. Y'all, y'all have the, uh, like the white China and like a little bit more of a, uh, sampling of the broader well, heroin because culture. It's, um, like there's ports around that's, there. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Cause um, here, here we only have uh, black tar. That's the only thing you can find black tar heroin. Uh, a lot of people are actually, I know at first they weren't maybe doing it on purpose, but some people are actually just doing fentanyl at this point. Yeah. Which is really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Is fentanyl worse than heroin? What's that? Is fentanyl worse than heroin? Fentanyl's pretty bad. If you don't know that it's in there for sure. Yeah. That's what uh, Patton Oswalt's wife died from is a Xanax pill that was actually fentanyl. Oh, really? Yeah. I that. That's fentanyl's orders of magnitude cheaper than, you know, Oxycontins and whatever, any other substance. And since it takes so very little to to get the desired effect, I mean, it's it's cheaper to purchase. And so people are, you know, we see dealers and traffickers actually cutting Mm -hmm. their products instead of with, you know, like a a non- non-narcotic substance they're actually using fentanyl now and the problem is is that you know people don't know that you think you're buying a xanax or you think you're buying a certain milligram of oxycontin or roxy or whatever but it's actually fentanyl and yeah a lot of people are dying right now because of it a lot mm-hmm. you know especially post lockdowns you know that's the other side of the lockdown story is that you know, yeah. a lot of these meeting places have had to close their doors to abide by these government mandates. And so when an addict doesn't have their, their source of recovery, it's, you know, pretty, pretty simple to see where they're going to go back to. And what's waiting for them is this, you know, fentanyl lace dope and all of that. It's, it's pretty crazy. Leave it to the fucking government to deem. I'm uh, telling you, man. Keeping people from overdosing on heroin as not essential. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's a fucking shame, is what it is. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> but so, uh, at least they keep uh, the weed away from uh, the young people, right? <laughs> Do they? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm kind of curious because uh, I know that you uh, you enjoy yourself a, a good cigar, um, and uh, well, is there any other? Um, substance. Well, let's say drugs like oh. tobacco, alcohol, whatever that you uh, indulge in. Uh, no, no. Uh, nicotine and caffeine are my two things. You know, I, I Not love even chocolate. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, dude, I'm a fat, fat fuck. <laughs> Don't trust me. I'm getting down through there on some food, caloric intake and caffeine and nicotine. Like I, I that's what I do. But, um, those are the, those seem to be the only things that, that don't, that keep me out of jail. Mm-hmm. Right. Like booze yeah. was never really my thing at all, but here's the problem. I take a drink of alcohol and yeah. it, piss, it pisses me off that it takes so much alcohol to get me to my desired place. So I'm like, well, fuck it. And then I, I know where to go. Uh, how about well, uh, fentanyl laced alcohol? I have not tried that. I might try that this weekend. That's a good, <laughs> good suggestion there. Uh, I've noticed with alcohol because I have like tendencies, like I'm the type of person that I, I can't just have a little bit of whatever, like I can't just have one or two drinks. So I don't really drink because of that. Yeah. But also once I start drinking, I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. To this and that. So. Yes, I do. That, and that's, that's kind of the same with me because I don't, comprehend somebody who can just drink one beer like that that seems pointless to me right you know what i mean like it's if you're drinking you're drinking to get fucked up right so it's like (laughs) that's the ultimate goal anytime you you know in my mind and so it's better for me to be a teetotaler and just stay the fuck away from it than it is for me to try to find that moderation that just will never come yeah it's like there's uh times when I can have just one even though like I don't see the point but usually it doesn't turn out that way and then um I just don't I'll feel really sick the next day after drinking or just black out too yeah (laughs) yeah that yeah because I you know we'll start with the six pack of beer and before you know it I'm getting a handle of something (laughs) you know what I mean it's just it's just off to the races you know yeah, I've, uh, I, I suppose I've had some more luck uh, in moderating my alcohol intake because um, I, uh, a couple of years ago in uh, San Francisco, I almost uh, pulled a Bon Scott where I uh, drank myself, um, well, got well shit-faced and then uh, fell asleep on my back. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was... Uh, a near miss. Um, actually, uh, yeah, I was in a hostel at that time with a bunch of roommates. They uh, they heard me making a bunch of weird noises. Uh, so that's kind of... Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, from there, they uh, took me to the hospital um, where I just puked a bit in some bowl. And then uh, after a few hours, they released me. Um, I had a horrible hangover after that, as you can probably imagine. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, oh, and I did fill in a whole bunch of bullshit on the uh, on the hospital bill because holy shit, was that thing expensive? Um, yeah, and, welcome uh, to America, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, they found me in my underwear uh, without any ID on me. So that's a bill I'm never gonna have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> what kind so, of underwear? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> shall I send you some pictures? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, you're taking a break right now, right? From drinking or you're trying to? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, I didn't succeed 100%. So I was trying to, uh, stay dry throughout all of February. 
I tried that the first time last year um, and uh, succeeded. And then this year, uh, I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, let's just say I had some a whole fucking bunch of stress due to car problems and mm-hmm. money problems, etc. So uh, I had a, a roughly uh, three-day bender uh, and woke up with a, a horrible hangover. Um, and then decided, you know what, I'm just going to uh, hold up for the rest of the month. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, so since then I have uh, moderated my uh, alcohol intake um, with some success. Uh, evidenced by the fact that I'm not a complete dysfunctional alcoholic, I suppose. Um, You're a functional alcoholic instead. Yeah, you could argue. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I, um, well, anyway, pretty, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, well, no, you go brought ahead. up a good point, but I'll let you finish. No, I was going to transition to the next point. So, okay. Well, uh, and maybe Gonzo can elaborate on this, but you brought up the point of when you're trying to stay clean and then you have stress in your life that kind of lead you back to use like how do you deal with that gonzo yeah that's a good one uh so for me it's helping other people and i know that sounds weird but it's like anytime i can get out of myself and help somebody else it's like i can at least give my get give myself enough time to where i have the presence of mind to navigate a situation Mm -hmm. accordingly um if nothing else, whenever I make a spur of the moment decision, especially whenever there's emotions attached, like I'm going to make, I'm going to make the wrong choice, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it's just getting my, getting some distance in between myself and, and whatever the situation is. And I can typically, you know, revisit that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know this because I've done it the wrong fucking way so many times that, you know, I, I, I now know. So it's not, uh, that's, that's not just something I picked up one day. That's, that is a lot of hard fought, uh, you know, lessons, you know, I I think that you also start to train your brain in a little bit different way once you start doing that. And then hopefully it becomes easier, not necessarily much easier, but you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, that, that is also one of the suggestions that I ignored for a long time from people who were around me who had, had found some freedom. So, um, you know, in my, and if it's a really bad thing and it pops up just spur of the moment, what I'll do is I'll get on my phone and I'll call a lot of these friends I have in recovery. Mm-hmm. And instead of letting them know like what's going on, I just ask them how their day's doing. And I focus the conversation around them. Yeah. And I don't know, there's, there's something to that, man. Yeah, I think it's just like changing your trajectory, like you said, that you're on. Because like, I have the same issue sometimes when I get angry and yeah. I like can't like get off of it, you know. And it's like even in my mind, rationally, I'm like, you don't need to be mad about this anymore. But like, it's still there. And then it just at at some point, my perspective shifts, and then you like you said, you get out of your head and you realize like you're more in control than you felt like you were. Yeah, 100%. The um 
that that funny little thing between our ears, I, I it, it's just it's hard to nail down sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it if it stays bad, like let's say I do that, let's say I call people and I'm still in a bad spot, then I you know call my sponsor or you know a friend that I have in recovery and I lay everything out to them. And just having that outside perspective tends to help out a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's really hard to get a measure on the size of the pile of shit you're standing in. If you're standing right in the middle of it, you know, but when somebody outside of it can kind of look at it and be like, ah, it's not that big dude, you know, like it it helps. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of one of those things, man. There's, there's a lot of different mechanisms in place to, to help people. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I talk from, a primarily, you know, 12 step recovery standpoint, but this is just true across the board. You know, uh, people have been practicing, you know, uh, community outreach and, you know, having accountability with amongst themselves since the dawn of time. I mean, that's just, that's, that's how society has worked for a lot of folks. And, um, really the 12 steps just kind of capitalize on that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that bit. Yeah. Um, so do you, you kind of went into it already, but do you ever have like, um, like a, a craving or um, is there like particular things that kind of uh, cause you to be or, or feel like at more risk of getting, uh, well, back Relax. on heroin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, really, it's just... W- I stay out of casinos now. <laughs> casinos aren't a good place for me. Um, that was kind of like uh, casino is a tweaker's paradise, man. Huh? Because of the Indians? That no, no, not so much. <laughs> not, casinos are a tweaker's paradise, man. I mean, nobody questions why you're there. They know why you're there at 3 a.m. You know, and you can just walk around. There's free soda, shit like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I spent a lot of lot of time in there, so staying away from casinos is is beneficial for me. Also, being mindful of what I'm watching on TV. It, it maybe is, you know, if I watch Wing for a Dream or yeah. Train Spotting, like that kind of triggers that one little spot in my brain that was like, oh shit, you remember when? You know, because that's that's kind of what addicts who who have found a little bit of clean time. That's what we struggle against. It's it's that. Uh, almost am- amnesia of forgetting how bad it was, and we glorify and romanticize how good it was. Uh-huh. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so sort of melancholy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly it. And so, um, you know, and and doing an interview like this, and and talking to other people on a routine basis, like this is kind of how I bring myself back. Cause like, you know, let's say this next week I'm having a, a rough pot and I'm like, man, remember how cool it was. I can reflect on this conversation and be like, nah, shit, man. Yeah. I, I actually didn't have it that great at the end. You know, it was pretty bad. It was bad enough that I needed to seek some help. So mm-hmm. this keeps me focused and centered. And so, um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be, on guard 24 seven. I don't think anybody is capable of that. It's more about under having the proper coping mechanisms in place and coping skills to be able to handle the thought when it crosses your mind, because it will, Yeah, you know, and knowing what, like 
your triggers are, like you said, just being aware yeah. of those things. 100%. And for a lot of people, like whenever you're first starting out, like it's so imperative to find a new set of friends, find a yeah. new crowd, like because it's have if you have friends that you've, you know, consistently and religiously gotten fucked up with, like they're not going to be understanding about, oh shit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Bullshito, he's, he's quitting drinking forever. Like what the fuck does that mean? You know, or, you know, yeah. so, so that's, I was going to ask if you still live in the same area. Uh, I do not. I do not. No, yeah. no, no. I had to, when I, when I got clean, I changed my number. I, you know, got rid of Facebook, all of that. Like I, I had to completely and totally change everything around me yeah you know did you get surgery for your face i did i did uh like john travolta you know yeah. nicholas cage face off type shit yeah yeah witness protection or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> worked out pretty good man i'm pulling it off so far i wish i would have gotten a, a prettier face but you know hey <laughs> Uh, Did anyone ever uh, stab you in the chest with a massive needle to bring you back? No, that never happened. Uh, thank God. So you, you didn't <laughs> OD ever? Yeah, I OD'd several oh, times. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. That you happened didn't several. Use that Narcan or whatever. No, but whenever I got clean, Narcan wasn't around. Okay, so oh. that's a whole new thing. Yeah. So on a um, uh, on a level from um, actual rose to. Uh, Steven Adler, how many times did you overdose? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd say about seven times. Okay. If I remember correctly, that's wow. uh, about slash level. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, so you, were yeah. you lucky enough to someone found you every time? Yeah. Sometimes weren't as bad as others, you know, like not sometimes it was just like, I'd not out hit the floor and, you know, thankfully just was around people and they would, you know, like roll me over on my side and just make sure I had, had air. Like, like I said, we didn't have Narcan and nobody was calling the cops, <laughs> you know, nobody's dialing nine one one, you know? Uh, and so it just, I, I don't know, That's man. Tough Cause some people die because people don't want to call for help. I mean, yeah, I, we, uh, you know, I walked in on a friend, he'd overdosed and died, you know, and like, wow. yeah, it's not pretty. It's yeah. not good. Uh, what, what do you think happened to your old buddy, Kurt Cobain? <laughs> oh, Courtney Love <laughs> killed that man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's uh, sort of the ranking on the best and worst drugs you've done? Oh shit! So best, it, the me- what metric do you want me to use? Like what fucks me up the most? Uh, I mean, I guess either like the best high or something, something like that. I think the best high out of anything that was the most like wholesome high would probably be ecstasy. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's just all around a good time. You know, um, I would say the worst that I ever did was salvia. Salvia? I've never done that, but I've heard about it. It doesn't sound good. Like salvia is just like, uh, uh, 
Moth sweat. Huh? No, it's like it's it's a herb, right? It looks uh, like, it's like it looks like oregano. Fake weed type thing, right? Yeah. Hallucinate. Wait, it's salvia. Huh? No, it's uh, salvia. Salvia. Salvia divinorium. I can't remember the name, but salvia for sure is the first word of it. Um, Salvia divinorium. Yep. And it's um, looks like oregano. It's it's an herb, and basically you smoke it, and you you know you start instantly start hallucinating. But when I got my skin got really hot. And I was just overwhelmed with this, a profound sense that I did not like where I was sitting and I couldn't think of anywhere else in the world I would rather be sitting. And so it was like this like (laughs) fucked up existential crisis where I'm like, oh no, (laughs) you know, and it was like, it only lasted five minutes, but that was the worst five minutes of my life. I think that was terrible. Huh? So not recommended that one. Uh, No. What was that? would not recommend mm-hmm. no yeah it looks um from what i'm seeing on a website here um from the nih whatever that may be uh national seems institute like a, for health i think uh yeah that sounds logical uh looks like just a very powerful uh, hallucinogenic uh, yeah not clear if it's uh it's, if you uh, overdose or get addicted but yeah doesn't it's look like legal right yeah 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 as it should be well yeah i mean but it always was even when other things like ah. weren't yeah ah. for some reason hmm. yeah i i used to be able to buy it from the head shops you know around here they used to sell it over the counter so hmm. you've done it more than once <laughs> Uh, no, I did it the one time. Okay. Yeah, no, but like they, it was available like on display when, when I bought it, it was actually from a local head shop, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. yeah, no one and one and done for me on the salvia shit. Yeah. I was over it. Yeah. I've never did heard anything, anything good about it. No, that's the thing. <laughs> Nobody ever has a good salvia story. That's the thing. <laughs> Nobody. It doesn't exist, but yet people would still keep trying it. it. It's the wildest shit in the world. Man, fuck. Um, so uh, to move off of your um, personal experience a bit and more towards your general view, um, how would you... Um, all right, let's put it this way. I recently saw that you had um, changed your mind on the uh, legality versus... Uh, uh, decriminalization debate uh, as far as like legalizing criminalizing drugs goes um, because well I don't think I need to explain why you uh, why you wouldn't be in favor of uh, keeping drugs illegal considering that you're both clean and a libertarian right That's a good point. so yeah what's your your perspective on that I I think and here's the thing is that they are very close to each other in my mind. Yeah. The pros and cons of both decriminalization and legalization kind of make it close. But I do favor decriminalization over legalization now. Uh, the the one prevailing thing being that in a fully legalized society, we would see mega corporations kind of take on and, and they would have the, the swing and the say. Uh, so, you know, instead of it being a, 
and this is going to sound fucking wild, but instead of a mom and pop heroin business, you'd have, you know, the Mar Marlboro heroin, you know, right. and so, so that, uh, you'd prefer your uh, weed to be laced with McFentanyl, in other words. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> McFentanyl, I love it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. That's funny. Okay, um, but the 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 thing is, is that I want to see a society where the addicts that I I see that are struggling to find recovery, at least I know that they're going to be knowing what they're ingesting. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. You know, like we just talked about with fentanyl being laced and Xanax pills and all that. I want to see that go away. You know, um, I think decriminalization is the best avenue for that. I think that a gray market beats a black market. And um, hmm. there's a lot of nuance to throw in there. I'm trying to not fucking go way off on a tangent here. Well, with it. <laughs> uh, my thing is that what kind of bugs me about the liberty community sometimes is since they're not in favor of criminalizing it, they end up promoting it. Yes. So yes, that's kind of an issue that I still currently have. Yeah. I'm, I mean, uh, gray markets are better than black markets since the employment rate in black markets are extremely low. I think th to just to kind of tag on the weather girls thing is that I think you should be able to do recreational black tar heroin, but I do not think you should do recreational black tar heroin. Right. But like, where's the, the equal weighted, like, support for those two things in this community i trying to find i'm trying to find it i really am like i i know that i i don't i know for sure you know bullshito doesn't like the lp too much uh but for me that's that's kind of the avenue that i operate in because yeah i yeah. see that i see that as a possible remedy to changing local drug policy at yeah. least having a community action affiliate you know and so um, I have started a sober caucus within the LP. It's oh, cool. brand new, but it's it's the concept and the idea that if we get enough people who really want to see change together, we can actually provide some nuance to a lot of the naysayers out there. I'm so when anything connected with the LP is pushing for something like something as simple as trying to get uh, needle exchanges you know, passed in a local area or trying to get decriminalization like we saw in Oregon, you know, instead of the naysayers saying, oh, well, you just want to use, you know, we can say, no, look, we are in the recovery community. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to use, we don't want to see people use, but we are telling you, we, we, we are on the front lines and this is the best way to save people. Mm -hmm. This is the best way to provide a safe atmosphere. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but I'm pretty sure there's all already a sober caucus on the Libertarian Party, and it's called the Republican Party. Oh, is it? <laughs> you know, Republicans who like weed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. To be honest, I don't think... Uh... The Republican Party is uh, is the 
sober caucus. I think the Republican Party is more like get drunk and beat your wife and get drunk and have gay sex in a bathroom hall yeah. caucus. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That um, too. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if that broke down to you or not, that, you know, kind of where, where I'm at, but either situation, either legalization or decriminalization is going to be a far cry better than the situation that we have now. So right. if, if but, a petition enters my hands, I'm signing it for it, you know? So, but like paired with that, what would be like the Liberty communities version of like dare or something? You know what I mean? Like what's, where's the side of it that helps people not go down that path or, or get into recovery stuff like that. I, I think that once we start having realistic dialogue about what these substances actually do, I think that's going to be a great deal of information that's that the public will be able to latch onto and make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Because as it stands right now with D.A.R.E., they're putting marijuana on the same level as heroin, you know, yeah. and I know for me personally, like, you know, I, I told you guys, I started out with the, you know, amphetamine pills, but the first time I did an illicit substance was pot. And I remember thinking like after I got stoned and then came down, I was like, that was nothing like they told me it was. So I automatically assumed that they were bullshitting about every other substance as well. Mm -hmm. Like I, at that point I had no qualms whatsoever about trying anything and everything that crossed my path. Well, yeah, we all know like dare didn't work. We, right. It, it became a meme. Right. So. <laughs> Right. It's got to be something different. And then I think that, you know, once you allow the once you allow people to start actually having honest conversations about what these things do and what because here's the thing is vilifying every substance is also doing a disservice mm -hmm. because, you know, you're telling people heroin's bad, but yet you're prescribing grandma Oxycontin. Right. You know, for a back pain like that doesn't register as genuine for a lot of people. You know, we once we start having an honest conversation about, yeah, okay, this is great for killing pain, but it also is extremely habit forming. Here's the things you need to be look out, look, looking out for. And, you know, I, I, I think if nothing else, you're not going to ever stop addicts from happening. Yeah. A addicts and alcoholics have been present all throughout human history, mm -hmm. but we can absolutely in the Liberty community do a good service and, uh, highlighting these stories from people who've been there, done that and came back. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that that's, that's the avenue personally. Cool. Would you say that heroin uh, bad? Heroin bad? Uh, for me, it is. I'll say that. <laughs> I, um, what would you say is the uh, best rec recreational drug to use with uh, recreational nukes? Recreational nukes, uh, probably recreational PCP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just really get on a good one, you know. Or a recreational CCP, that works too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man, if we uh, ban heroin, we should also ban communism. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Let's Both do it. are addictive. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> seem to go hand I mean, in hand. yeah. I suppose crack is a lot like communism that way. Makes you real skinny real fast. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, it's interesting how some people don't get addicted to things. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like I that's the thing is that like I know people who were able to buy like an eight ball of Coke and that would last them a month. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they could just do a few lines and put it in their closet and then let, they, I was like, I what tried the Oxy fuck? when it when it came around and you know, other people around me went a certain direction, you know. Yeah. Some people got it like that and some people don't, you know, and I think that's kind of the mitigating factor mm-hmm. for, you know, what makes an addict and what doesn't. But I'd also say that not everybody is addicted. It has, for instance, some addicts, like they tend to go to one specific substance and that was the thing that brought them to their knees. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, something else might not have done that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, would you say oxycotton is the superior form of cotton? Uh, I would. Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah. Suck it, cotton orchest. Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I gotta say I I uh, appreciate your message of um, uh, well, both of your your perspectives, uh, both yours and uh, Water Girls of the. Uh, need to uh, essentially approach this somewhat differently in the, uh, the general community um, because I just plainly hadn't considered that uh, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I uh, uh, what? ah yeah. So, what is the uh, the best advice you can give someone who is uh, currently struggling with any kind of addiction? Um. It's all one big try. So what I mean by that is like, it took me a lot of times of trying to get clean and failing, but I kept coming back, you know, um, today's a new day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're struggling, you know, if you fucked up today, it's all good. Just make it to bed tonight without using it. Tomorrow you get a whole brand new day to do with it. What you please. Um, no matter how far down the scale you've gone, you can always find your way back. You know, I, I am living proof of that. And, um, you know, I, I'll plug my, my Twitter page is at clean underscore libertarian or at Liberty drew 84. My DMS are open. So if you have some questions or you want to know about recovery and any of that, like I'm more than willing to talk to anybody about that, but more than anything, just don't fucking give up hope, man. A lot of us out there struggled for a long time before we found freedom. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried poppers? I have not. No, okay. Those are like from the 70s. Or- yeah, I think <laughs> those are old school. I think that's like way old school. Well, I don't know. I've only heard that they put the dick in addiction. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, I, th- I think that's a good, uh, what Drew was saying, uh, message like in general for people when they're struggling with anything, like you could just, you know, start over the- every day you can start new, you know, you don't have to carry the baggage from before into the next day. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good message. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. That's what you have a boyfriend for. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> if you do have a Jeez. boyfriend, though, all the worst, do beat yourself up. <laughs> Someone has to do it. Yeah. 
Uh. God damn no. it. No. <laughs> uh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't let a woman do a man's job. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, um, I have personally covered pretty much everything uh, I wanted to cover. Uh, do any anyone else have any questions? Any anything you want to uh, discuss? Still, I'm good. I think I'm good too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, coming on, man. It was um, uh, uh, well, it was a very interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, a potentially useful one, even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All the better. It's, it's something we don't do very often here on No Real Libertarian, having right. actually useful conversations. Yeah, I that's... Uh, <laughs> Usually it's just degeneracy all the way down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was pretty degenerate this time too. That's... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah a silver lining. To, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the uh, white powder lining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Drew, thank you for coming on. And uh, please give me all of your plugs. Yeah. um, The Clean Libertarian Podcast. It's available on all the podcatchers of choice. Um, Also on Twitter, like I said, at clean underscore podcast or at Liberty Drew 84. Cool. All right. And... uh, Dark Tom, what a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, I've got a plug right here in my drawer, and I also have uh, my uh, <laughs> 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 my Twitter, which is uh, at Dark Tom Woods. It's still in your drawer? I, I thought I told you to put that in, like, when we started. Yeah, sorry, Daddy. I couldn't. Gross. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to plug the uh, the rebrand of the No Real Lib Twitter oh, yeah. page. Check that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good work on that one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's trendy liberal. Angelina Jolie. Uh, I'm sick of it. And I'm calling you out, around, scum. Uh, Photoshop and make... Get someone else to make shit sound good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had another joke, but I forgot it. So please act like I said something very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, And uh, that's a wrap. Talk to you later.